Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day, uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show, tell them I sent you, and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Coming up on today's podcast, the interns are on the floor. Paul Wharton cannot pass a homeless person without having a conversation. It's true, a whole new side of Paul. Plus, is your nail polish making you gain weight and giving your future children birth defects? Ah, this is terrifying. Plus, NFL wife Miko Grimes is on the show and she's calling everybody out over this take a knee. All that's coming up. Pacers running. We love Pacers running. 
We have a great studio space that we share with them. But guess what? They have six locations in the D.C. area where you can buy awesome running, walking shoes, whatever you need. They have races. They have a blog. And they have a podcast. Check out runpacers.com for all the details. Also, in the month of October coming up, soak up the last of summer with craft beers, refreshing wines, and live music at Fridays at the Fountain in Crystal City. If you want more more details, more details, go to crystalcity.org. Uh, all right. Hey. everybody. Oh, I'm feeling good. Ooh, we are feeling good. Welcome to the Hey Frage podcast with Paul Wharton. <laughs> it is another Wednesday, which is when we record, always on Wednesdays. Yeah. I am so happy to see you. The week flies by and then so much happens in our lives. Oh my God. Oh, I'm watching Fox 5 this morning. <laughs> You know, while doing my little stretches and yeah. meditating, and I said, let me check out Fox 5, and I see you talking about another podcast. You're cheating oh on me. I feel like I have too many podcasts. <laughs> this is it. Okay, this is it. This is it. This is the fourth podcast I'm doing on a weekly basis, okay. and uh, it's too much, folks. I love it. I'm excited about it. But this one I am happy about because it's a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've ever tried a first cri- true crime podcast with our friends at Fox 5. So it's available on iTunes iTunes, Audible, they have a partnership with Audible. Um, and it, this case is really interesting because it's on the Savopolis murders. Yes. And if you remember, those happened in 2015. And mm-hmm. it was such a crazy story because um, the father was killed, the okay. mother, their 10-year-old son. Remember, they were all tied up, stabbed, beaten. The house was set on fire. All their bodies yes. set on fire. yes. And they were held for like 19 hours. It was crazy. So one guy has been arrested. And remember, they got his DNA mm-hmm. from Pizza Crust? Is this the one Darren that um, drove the car away? Or no? Not, not well, they don't know. See, well, the whole other element mm-hmm. of this is then Savas Savopoulos, the father who was murdered, had this driver, Jordan Wallace. Mm-hmm. And this guy's always been like a shadowy character around the situation because he lied to police about how he delivers the money, all this stuff. So we were doing a six-part podcast series. The preview podcast is out today, which essentially tells you all the highlights. Mm-hmm. So um, yes, you should definitely download. I wow. think you'll enjoy it. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm a little nervous because it's my first time in this realm. And yeah. it's I think it's so hard to do stories like this because it's so delicate, right? Like it's the I mean, the two daughters, the Savopolis mm-hmm. daughters mm-hmm. are still alive. Um, um, and the parents of Amy and Savas, the parents that were murdered, their parents okay. are still alive. And so it's just sad. You know, you never Very want to. Sad. Yeah, yeah, it's so tragic. So, Well, the good thing is you're nosy. So yeah. that helps. <laughs> You know what I mean? You I'm like definitely to get to nosy. The, you like to get to the bottom of things. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We'll have all that. Yes. You might, maybe we should start a little uh, detective service up I, in here. I know we really should. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I'm thinking. I think we actually should seriously do that. Uh, anyway, I, I'm dying to find out how your weekend was and your past week. You and I both went to see Dave Chappelle, uh, who was doing a two-week... Funny. Oh, my God. So funny. But, I, I mean, I'm with you, because when you walked in and we started talking about it, we both go, actually, Donnell Rawlings, who opens for him is actually funnier, isn't he? 
He is really freaking funny, Donnell Rawlings, okay? Now, I've met him at Good Day when I've been over at Fox 5 you in the morning. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. Because he was doing the improv, and they brought him over, and I met him. <sighs> I had no idea this guy was that funny. Oh, my God. He and Me neither. And apparently, he was on Chappelle's show, which I have to tell you, I never really watched. Yeah. Did you? Like, I know everybody no, loved I it. My brother used to watch show. Of course I did. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck your couch and fuck your couch. Oh, that was the best. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, when he played like Rick James? That oh, was I do. hilarious. That and one, I did see the Rick James one and the Prince one when they go to play basketball. And there was another one I loved about this guy that ran like the, it was, they called it Whack Arnold's. It was like McDonald's. And the McRib came back and he was like, if you want some Whack Arnold's, you got to go through me. He was like running the neighborhood because he was the manager of Whack Arnold's. I loved it. Oh my God! I well, Donnell Rawlings, who was on that show, opens for Chappelle here in DC, and to die for. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, to die for. Now, there was lots of things with this show. Uh, you couldn't use your cell phone. You can't bring your cell phone in. Right. So you can't social media this show at all. They claim Donnell Rawlings and Dave Chappelle claim it's because they do offensive material. You think that's the case, or do you think that they're they're protecting their jokes? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both because at one point, Dave Chappelle, did he say this in your show where he's like, you know, I really wouldn't tell you I felt bad about, I never tell anybody I feel bad about my jokes and I never apologize, but since I locked up y'all's phones, <laughs> did he say that during yes. your show? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Since I locked up y'all's phones, I'm going to go ahead and say this. You know. Oh my God, and they go in, lots of transgender jokes, yeah. lots of, I mean, but I, what I love about those two guys is, and what I loved about that show is they are equal opportunity offenders. Didn't mm-hmm. you think they mm-hmm. offended everybody, every race, every sexuality. And I love when comics are so smart. They weave in their own personal lives. They weave in reality, history, yeah. um, social injustice, and they really covered it all. I, it was such a phenomenal show. An amazing show, but I'm really pissed off because I keep missing missing Dave Chappelle's famous after parties. I keep getting invited to them, oh. but then I miss them. I keep forgetting that they're happening. You know, the first one with um, Ed Sheeran, remember? Yes, they were Last at week? 18th, Street, 18th Lounge Street Lounge in D.C. So yep. I knew that was happening. I completely forgot I was out that night. Now, the end, you know, this last weekend was also Congressional Black Caucus weekend. So I was all dressed up. I was everywhere. Yeah, you looked amazing, Thank you by so the way. much. I was at a lot of the um, the big parties. Um, I didn't go to any of the panels or any of the serious <laughs> stuff, but I went to the parties. <laughs> I went to the parties. And the last night on Saturday night, there was a party for um, Chicago had a party after the big dinner. Oh, okay. Uh, Smithsonian African Art Museum. So, of course, I'm always thinking, like, there's something about me where I want to leave the party early. Oh, you do? Oh, me too. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think it makes me, like... More special when I leave the party early. Oh, okay, you leave them wanting more. Yeah, I leave the party early and usually like go either hook up or <laughs> or go like to some dive bar in my tuxedo. You know, it's like it's crazy. It's this thing I do. But of course, I left the party early, and my friend gets a call from someone, and they say, "Come to Blues Alley right now." Dave Chappelle. So Blues Alley is this um, jazz club in Georgetown. They they're calling people only. They go to Blues Alley. Dave Chappelle's there. Um, uh, like all these crazy people, like singing. I mean, amazing people on stage, like doing the sing along with Dave Chappelle, Blues Alley. I missed out on that too. Oh my God. I know. Well, and you and I were talking about this. Don't you think this is basically it for Dave Chappelle? 
Oh, he's so done. I think he is so done. I thought to myself, I've never... I actually felt bad for him watching that show because when he comes on stage, I don't know if they did it for you at your show, he got a standing ovation for no lie three minutes or four minutes. Oh, yeah. Like they, he was trying to get people to sit down. I just feel like... There's a point of the audience loving you, and then there's a point when, like, they build you up so much sure. that you're like, I'll never be able to meet these expectations. Well, I mean, I think he feels like he can meet them because in the beginning so? of the show, you know, he was like, I've gotten so good at this, <laughs> you yeah, know, right, right. that basically I write my punchline. I don't even know what joke I'm going to tell. Was know, yours, what, was your, what was the punchline? Kicker in the pussy? Oh, that was mine, too. I thought it was special for that night. <laughs> No. Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like the guy was... Actually, it was weird. I kind of almost felt at first he was, like, nervous. Like, it was just... And I'm sure... He probably wasn't. I, I'm probably mm-hmm. reading the situation. But it did feel bad because he basically was, like, almost a reluctant star at this point. Like, I okay. don't really want this much attention. Yeah. But it is what it is. And I'm just going to sort of milk it for what it is. And then I want to be done. Didn't well, you, you think? Well, you know, he was talking about the Amish people. What I know about yeah. him is, you know, he lives in Ohio. Yes. He lives like in a small little town in Ohio. And he hangs out with his girlfriends, like his little white soccer moms at the Starbucks. <laughs> He said that, and I think he's, like, about that life. I mean, I really I think, do. I do, too. I think he is, too. Because it was interesting, because he was saying this week, you know, he's taping his final Netflix special. Uh, so, 60 million done. bucks, three specials, and he's out. I'd say out. And he was like, after this, you know. It's time for a break again, America. He was like, like 10 more years, I'm out for 10 years. Yeah. I think he is, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what else happened? You were, you were at the Black Caucus. Um, I was down in Williamsburg, Virginia. Have you been down to Colonial Williamsburg? Recently, I haven't. No, I, I never. I never really felt like it was my kind of people. But I mean, I'm open. Oh, you don't want to go back to Colonial Williamsburg and in the horse times. and carriage? I don't know. Shoot. Oh my god, it was very uncomfortable. Actually, I don't know. I didn't enjoy like walking around with all these people. Like in the craziest part though is they all walk around in colonial garb, but then they're on their cell phones. You're like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck? It's so weird. They're like all back in the day. It you know, bizarre. it's so weird with you. Like, I look up on your Instagram, and you're at these random places <laughs> and, like, you know, random hotel rooms and bed and breakfast. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, I just talked to her. She was like, <laughs> didn't mention anything. You're like, random. what made you go there? Well, Dan, so my boyfriend is in soccer, and he coaches, like, soccer teams, and they mm-hmm. always have to do, like, travel things. So we'll get down to, like, Virginia Beach for the weekend, or we'll go to, um, in this case, Williamsburg. So they played a tournament, and we stayed at this really cute B&B and uh, it was really sweet. So that was my weekend. I love it. I what do you think about me doing a uh, B&B in Cleveland? Uh, like you running it? Yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Are you kidding? You like to be waited on. You're not going to wait on people. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, let me rephrase that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to actually do anything. No, I would just You're gonna own fund it. it. So basically, now this is what I'm thinking. Um, this is so distracting. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you actually pointed at that hot guy and he looked at you. <laughs> this is so distracting. Yeah. See, we have a studio here that has a window in it. This is not good. I know. Okay. And it, these hot men walk by and we're like, oh, what? What? Where are you? Okay, but I'm thinking about okay. my plan B. Okay, you know my next birthday is the big 4 Oh, my God, I know. That's and we, I called you this weekend because I was like, hey. Um, so we're uh, putting together your 40th now. So um, can I, uh, where do you want to do this? Right, exactly. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. But anyway, <laughs> no, but I, um, I, 
am thinking about where do I want to be after 50 or whatever? Like, where am I going to retire? So this guy that I'm seeing that lives in Brussels and Rome, okay. I asked him, I said, listen, would you like to go in on renovating this house in Cleveland with me? Okay. And he said, no. <laughs> he was like, I would do that with you anywhere except not Cleveland. He just what, doesn't think that he it has the economy. Like, it's not glamorous. Like, why would we want to do that? And I said, well, maybe like for two months out of the year. He's like, but why would you want to spend your two months there when you can spend it in San Tropez or something? Well, because that's like like your home There's a certain logic to it, but... Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I feel like, you know, my grandmother's 91 years old. Mm. If I don't lay down roots in Cleveland now in life, then that part of my life will go away. I was born there. My other grandmother lived there. All of my extended family lives there. And they're not as close as they were when I was a kid. So Mm. I feel like it would be me. I'd be the one kind of bringing the family back together. Okay, okay. And in the meantime, people can come and stay at my house and, you know, we can eat breakfast together and then I'll slide their check under the door. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Well, maybe you want to do like a new age B and B. Maybe, okay. maybe your friend in Brussels was right that maybe you should do it as a pop up, like for a month when you're there, and then when you're not there, you don't take any reservations. But people could come live with you or stay with you because you do live a very glamorous lifestyle. You now have a book coming out, pulling it all together. Oh, so, yes. I mean, you know, people could experience the Paul Wharton way, right. like at your, you know, beautiful home where. Right. You're always serving champagne, and there's always like a singing party going on. This is so true. But it's very exclusive. So you do it two or three months out of the year. Yeah. Reservation only. Yeah. Very exclusive. Now, listen, I did a show in the past on a network called TV One called Makeover Manor. Okay. Do you remember? remember yes, that? I do. I think I saw clips of this. So basically, the the show was shot in a big house in New Jersey. Actually, it's the house that Whoopi Goldberg lives in now. Yes. You know, okay. I told you about okay. That. When I yeah. went to her house for Christmas, I was like, I worked in this house before. She was like, you worked in my house? <laughs> That was all fabulous. Yeah, I was like, no, in a different way. I had a show. Um, But anyway, so this house, basically, we would bring in people that had overcome these extraordinary circumstances. And now they they deserved a new look and outlook on life. So one room, this guy, Sam Fine, this famous makeup artist, he did the makeup. And then George Fuller did the hair. I worked in the closet. Okay? I came out of the closet. Yeah. I worked in the closet. So I gave them a whole new look. And then this woman, Dee Marshall, she was the life coach. Oh, okay. And then at the end of the episode, they would walk down the stairs and reveal themselves. But I was thinking, what if you did something similar for people that could afford it, that wanted the life coaching and the new look and to be rejuvenated? Yes. You know, not on a show, but that would be a great place for it. What do you think about that? I think you should do that. And isn't the Cleveland Clinic right like in Cleveland? Yes. Boom. You can have fabulous health experts. You can be doing all the beauty and hair stuff. That is so true. Okay, I want to come now, too. Do you want in? What am I going to do? Do you want in? Yeah. I just need to, you know, talk to your financial advice. (laughs) Dan, or your mom. Dan. (laughs) Dan, can we invest in this uh, Cleveland house with Paul? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh my god! I love the okay. second act. That's there you go. Idea, we right? worked it out. Okay, uh, look, we have a million stories to get to. So much has happened. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to talk Wendy Williams? You want to talk how your manicure pedicures are now officially giving you cancer and disease? You want to talk about how STDs are way up in America? Okay, everybody, the interns you, are like shaking their head. How like, you doing? <laughs> that sounded like how she's you dead. Doing? I want to talk about her. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about her ass. You are, so you know this story better than I do. All I know about this is the setup that Daily Mail, which I'm obsessed with, I'm sure you read all the time too, which is just like this trashy online magazine now. 
has apparently for the past year been following Wendy Williams' husband, Kevin Hunter, who she's been with for 20 plus years, and that Kevin is living a double life with this other woman who's wearing a big old diamond ring, who kind of looks like maybe a younger version of Wendy, and that he apparently bought her a house. And in mm-hmm. fact, they followed him so much, they opened the dam, which has to be illegal. They open the mailbox and they take a picture. And in the mailbox, it says Kevin Hunter. And I don't know what her name is, but anyway. Sharina something. Sharina something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what is your take? And Wendy really hasn't addressed it aside to basically say, I'm standing by my man. Let me tell you something. Okay. I don't want to tear down any woman, black, white, any woman, okay? I want to uplift all women and people. However, I've been really surprised and really disappointed in some of the decisions Wendy Williams has made. When people are at their most vulnerable in life, you know, someone's, they've lost their job, someone's, you know, cheated on them, they're going through a divorce, they've had some kind of big life kind of, you know, downfall in life. She makes them a hot topic on her show. And her and the Hot Topics team, they dig into their business and they tell everybody. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like for someone like Daily Mail to follow her husband for a year, that is, if that's not karma, I don't know what is. Well, she's denying. Okay, the latest report, I was just Googling it to hit news. The latest report is that she is denying that Kevin is having an affair. Um, and I find this really hard to believe because I he, he's apparently having an affair with a 32-year-old massage therapist and even bought her a $700,000 home. Um, and Wendy says that it's absolutely not true. I stand by my guy, she said, to open her show. She flashed her wedding ring. We commuted uh, together this morning. The paparazzi were outside catching me in the cutest negligee. All is well in Hunterville, said Williams. Don't believe the hype. And if there was hype, believe me, I would let you know. And by the way, I'll be following this story, so I guess I'll have to watch to find out what happens. But she never wants to talk about her relationship. She never, she never ever does. Now, a few years back, I don't know if you remember this, Sarah, but there was a story um, about her husband, Kevin, having an affair with a transgender individual. See, I didn't know that one. I've always just heard that Kevin is notoriously difficult, that they've had like some abusive periods in their marriage. I've always heard that he is sort of a, I don't know, like less than civil human being. But well, I guess maybe people think that you know, about her I too. I met the guy. Oh, I you met did? Kevin and Wendy at the SLS Hotel in Beverly Hills. Um, and I was talking to them. We had a great conversation. He was really delightful. Now, however, <laughs> having said that, I went to the Wendy Williams show with Omarosa. Oh, okay. Um, when she was doing Celebrity Apprentice All-Stars and she was beefing with LaToya, honey. So they was beefing, okay. And, and Omarosa was actually, I've never seen her scared of anyone. What? Omarosa? She was scared of Kevin Hunt. I mean, she was like, no, 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 no. You need somebody with you around this guy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what do you think she was afraid of? Physical violence? Or do you um, think he's, he's just, just the type of guy? He's just super intimidating. Super intimidating, apparently. He's a thug. He'll get even at any, you know, Cost. by any means necessary. I've heard that he sends his thugs after people that he doesn't like. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like to Damn. rough them up. So do you think, what do you think will happen with this? you think she'll just keep denying until... I don't know. I mean, now I feel like people just deny. It's like the Trump way. Yeah, you I just mean, deny and and you just it, deny, and it goes away. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. If some shit ever happens with me, I'm denying it. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we had you on tape. It's not. I don't know who that could be. There's I don't a know. lot of people, you know, that look like me. 
<laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, new STD cases have hit a record high in the United States. Uh, now, according to new CDC re- research, um, Americans were infected with more than 2 million new cases of gonorrhea, syphilis, Ooh. and chlamydia, the highest number of these sexually transmitted diseases ever reported. But don't you feel like that population is just bigger? I mean, there's more people here than there was 20 years ago. Well, you know, I've always said this. Now, you know... I think we're going to talk about the Maury Povich show, you know, maybe later in the show. Oh, my God. Well, yes, because I'm obsessed with the Swedish woman who is now the new Rachel Dozell, who's living as a black woman and went on Maury. <laughs> right. Right. So we're going to talk about that. But I'm going to tell you, you know, everyone watches the show and they're like, you know, I am not the baby daddy. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. She didn't have six guys on here to see if they're the baby daddy. Who was wearing a condom? Like. What is up with this kind of uh, crazy bareback sex like ex- escapade? I agree. Going on? Are people not using condoms? I guess our, our well, Joelle. We're going to talk to Joelle because she actually had her date with the three day rule. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. It's a great segue. But <laughs> what do you find? You, yeah. What did he use a condom? What is it? Is it like men just don't want to use condoms? Like I don't or know. women don't demand it. Well, I certainly do. I mean, I just feel like, especially if you're having sex with people you don't really know really well. Actually, even if you're in a committed relationship, because most relationships I know aren't really Really? that committed. Well, I mean, people cheat. They do. They have indiscretion. There are people that cheat out there. I know. I just go to commercial. I think this is a good place to run a commercial. <laughs> so tomorrow night, we really want to see you at our Mervis Diamond events, okay? So we're having a we're having a cocktail party tomorrow Carrots night. Carrots and Couture. It's going to be amazing. Tomorrow night, 1700 K Street, Northwest, NDC. This is Thursday, September 28th. We have fashion from Hush Boutique. We have uh, luxury glassware from Ella's a Luxury. You know, Sarah and I will be there hosting it. Yes. We have cocktails from F and Vodka. And, of course, our friend Jonathan Mervis and the amazing Mervis team showing you all the latest to Corey Jewelry, their latest diamonds, and um, we're going to show you how to pair um, diamonds with the latest ball trends. That should be great. And two questions people have been asking. Do I need to RSVP? You don't. We have a Facebook page. You're yeah. welcome to say if you're coming there. And you do not have to be in the market for a, an engagement ring specifically. We want women, men to come. They have beautiful watches. They have beautiful bracelets for men, for women. So come and treat yourself yeah. uh, to something great. We're going to have a really good night. 5 to 8 p.m. tomorrow. Sounds so exciting. I know. I can't <laughs> wait. How do you feel about this? Washington, D.C., uh, the district is thinking about a proposal of setting up supervised injection sites for drug users. Anytime we talk about the opioid crisis, uh, drinking on this podcast usually gets a lot of feedback. Um, more than 200 people in Washington, D.C. alone last year died of opioid overdoses, which is a 160% increase from two years ago, according to D.C. leaders. Uh, these proposed injection sites will be places where addicts can take their drugs and medical professionals will be nearby and also to help them try and get clean. What do you think, Paul? Good idea or ultimately just like helping Anything them? Anything to help them get clean, I'm down for. That's a lot of death. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. think it's, I think this is a great idea. I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? Like if someone is in the throes of an addiction, sure. of course we want to try and get them treatment. Yeah. But why not have them come to a safe place where they can actually do it? I agree with that. I mean, I I do. I really do. I mean, you know, it's so interesting. There were so many issues in this city to be like the nation's capital. But, you know, just even like the homeless epidemic, um, it just really baffles me. Um, Yesterday I had two instances Mm. with homeless people. 
Um, one woman, I was walking by on my way back to the office. I got lunch. And I walked past her, and she was standing, uh, leaning against um, the Ann Taylor building, like, you know, leaning there. And then she, um, what? <laughs> the <fuck? laughs> we just got this guy. You know what? what in the hell? What? Lock that door. door. No, but you better close it now. What in the hell? You know, I'm like, this guy, this gentleman just walked by glasses, beady little eyes. Oh my God. Didn't he have like the beadiest little eyes, right? And these, Crazy. yeah, short. Where hair. do you have me? You moved me when I was out of when I was in Italy. He's okay, when I was in Italy, she moved me. I came back. Now I'm on toilet display over here. You know, this is not right. This guy just walks by. He's a creepy looking little thing. He looks in the window, then he comes back, he peers in the window again, and then he just sticks out his tongue to us. What in the oh hell? God. If he comes running back this way, <laughs> call 911. <laughs> but anyway, like I was saying, so I was God. walking past this lady, and you know, I just, oh God, it just, I can't walk past. I, I walk past, and the guilt gets me, and then I go back, and I don't just like hand them money, but I have a conversation. I say, well, hey, how you doing? Sweet. I said, if you have lunch, and she says, no, I haven't. I said, oh, I said, I'd like to buy you lunch. And she says, oh, no, a woman is coming right now. And she's, she's coming and she's going to take me to McDonald's. And I said, okay. I said, do you have some cash? And she's like, oh, she's going to bring the money to take me to McDonald's. So this woman wasn't even trying to take any money from me. I said, okay, well, then let me, you know, sure. I want to buy your next lunch. So I gave her $20. And she was like, oh, my God, this is the best day ever. Oh, that's so great, yeah. Paul. It's the best day ever. And, um, and I then, never do that. I'm sure you I, I hope you do. Oh my God. I don't. I'll tell you my experience with the one, this one time that I tried to hold a hopeless woman. I was like a fraud. Okay. So I've been burnt ever since. Now I'm jaded. So this other guy, he actually, we didn't have a money exchange, but I just wanted him to know that I cared. He was laying on the ground with his head up on like the little, um, you know, the little like fence around the trees. Sure, 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 you know sure. Yeah, yeah. So he was laying there and I literally almost had to step over him because I didn't see him at first. And then I stopped. I came back and I said, hey, I said, you okay? He was oh. like, you know what? Thank you so much for asking me that. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just chilling out for a minute. I said, you need anything? And he was like, you know what? No, actually, I'm really good. So I love that. I, at that time, I didn't like just hand him some cash and like I, you know, that deep of a well. But you know, I can help people. Uh, yes. So I, you know, I just like people to know that I see them mm-hmm. and that they are, you know, I'm not just like that they matter. Stepping over them, that they right. matter. But it just baffles me that with all the money and all the people in this town, all the wealth, that we still have a homeless epidemic. It just, I don't understand it. So, you know. I have some thoughts. I just don't know if I should share them. Okay. Well, I mean, that's what this podcast is all about, right? (laughs) Well, I think, I think, um, yes, you have some people that are genuinely homeless, but I think a, a vast majority, and I'm sure here come the emails, but I think a vast majority of people who are homeless are severely mentally ill mm-hmm. because like lots of times there's, you can never get homeless people off the street. Like it's just almost in there. They're so mentally ill. It's kind of in their system to wander. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's everybody, but I'm saying it seems as though there are so many programs and resources that if you found yourself in a God forbid in a situation where you were homeless. There's a lot of people that will help you get back on your feet. So I think the reason we still see a lot of homeless people is because they get into a place where they're so mentally ill. 
maybe this is I naive. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there might be a lot of programs that, you know, government, <laughs> you know, that are subsidized by the government. And there's a lot of people pushing paper. And there's a lot of people showing up for work every day to work in those programs. Saying that they're helping, but, I'm but gonna they're not. I'm going to tell you, I pass the same homeless people. My office is right downtown by Metro Center. I pass the same homeless people coming in. Um, 13th Street, going out on 12th Street, they're like, you know, they have basically made that their home. I don't see anyone coming by to help them. In and any if, way, shape, or form. And if we're going to help people that are addicted to drugs, you know, we're not just giving up on them. I think we did a story uh, many months ago about how they were doing the heart valve replacement. Yes. Well, there were the, they mm-hmm. were thinking about rationing out how many times they'll reassess, they'll re um Oh, God. What is it? Revive you. Revive you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they were talking about it in Ohio and some other states where opioid overdoses are so big that they were saying, look, if this person's, you know, calling every couple of weeks, we may talk about prioritizing them and we may not prioritize them. But if I'm sick and I have health insurance, I can get long-term medical care. I can be hospitalized for a year. I could, you know, whatever. Right. You know? So if someone has a mental illness and they're homeless... Just because they're a quote-unquote wanderer, does that mean we give up on them? I just don't agree with that. No, we should have... um, Okay, we need to... You know what? This is a great debate Mm -hmm. story. Now we need to have somebody in that's a pro. Because I believe this stems back to late 80s, early 90s, where they decided to get away from uh, mental institutions and a lot of institutionalized Mm -hmm. centers uh, because everybody thought that was inhumane. And many of them were. Many homeless people that were living there were being abused, absolutely treated terrible. So they turn everybody out on the streets... And I think that's why you see a lot. But I am by no way a pro. You guys can email us, sure. Sarah, at HeyFrage.com, Paul Wharton style at Yahoo.com. You guys usually know way more than we do. But right. um, but no, you bring up a good point. Yeah. And actually, there was a gentleman that stopped by this podcast studio okay. who is a rapper who wanted uh, to come on the podcast. And he is just getting himself out of homelessness. So we should totally talk about having him on. Because he's cool. a great story. But then I was scammed by this one homeless woman who okay. was supposedly raising money for her mom to get like a new heart transplant or whatever. And she's like, I really want to come on the podcast. I've got to go fund me. And then she would keep sending me a link that never worked. Okay. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then she'd be like, just Google this. And then it would like never show up. And then eventually I like read another blog where people were like, this woman's scamming everybody. And I was like, great. Wow. Just gave her like $30. Okay. <laughs> But it's okay. But it happens. It happens, right? Uh, 20%, she needed the 30. Yeah, she okay. needed the 30. 20% of moms, we don't do enough parent, we don't have, you know, Paul and I don't have any children yet. We don't have any together or separate. But we do, we feel like our interns are our kids. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we do. <laughs> AJ, Paul was just like rubbing AJ's back. She's like, AJ's our intern. Um, and she also does our news and pop culture. She'll be coming up in a second. Um, but 20% of moms admitted that they competed to be the favorite parent at times okay. when they're having a fight with their significant other. When mm-hmm. you were growing up, did your parents ever mm. compete to be the favorite parent? Interesting. Interesting. I don't really. <laughs> I mean, I think that. All parents want to be the, the favorite parent, oh, whether you do? they say it or not. Sure, they do. Sure, they do. And yeah, my mom did too. My dad was always. She would always think that we thought my dad was the favorite because he would never discipline us, and she would always get stuck disciplining us. So I think they were. They always like argued a little bit about that. Well, they each think at times that the other is the favorite. Right. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I really do. I, I do think that. Um, no, but I don't think my parents, you know, my parents separated when I was around 10 years old. 
Okay. Um, and then, you know, of course, we live with my mom, and then we would go on the weekends with my dad and that kind of thing. But, you know, I love them. I love them both. Even now, like, my dad and I talk more than my mom and I talk. Yeah, I know you're very close my to your father. My dad and I talk, like, about five times a day. Yeah, that's <laughs> we amazing. We talk all day long. Yeah. I love Mr. Yeah, Warden. Yeah, yeah. No, we are extremely close, and I enjoy the hell out of him. Like, we, that's my homie. He calls me buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, bud. So cute. Hey, bud. Hey, dad. <laughs> so, yeah. No, you know, it, it, it but all... But they never competed, because I, I, I know... It's funny. This topic has come up. I have a cousin, yeah. and right now, she's got two little kids, and she actually admits to this, that she competes when her kids are... When, when like, she and her husband are fighting for which kid will kind of come to her, like, first for any comfort, and they sort of compete, and I was like, God, that's weird. I haven't really seen that dynamic. But the kids catch on. And then they start playing the parents. Oh, against, against each, other. each other. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So any, it always like explodes in your face. Any little like any little show of vulnerability with your parents, you're you're on it. And, you know, we all know <laughs> that, right? Well, how do you feel about this? You're in the beauty world. A study by researchers at Duke University and environmental working groups suggests that simply applying nail polish to your nails could allow a dangerous compound called diphenyl phosphate, DPHP, to seep into your body. Um, DPHP is created when your body uh, metabolizes the chemical triphenylene uh, phosphate and scientists believe that it disrupts your hormones in people and animals could lead to weight gain as well as birth defects Mm. Uh, researchers tested the urine samples of participants both before and after their manicures and pedicures and about 10 to 14 hours after getting their nails painted the participants dphp levels were seven times higher than they were before the experiment on average Wow. The levels continued to rise until they reached a peak and increased about 20 hours later. Unfortunately, even nail polishes with toxin-free labels may not be safe. According to a new California report, many of the nail polishes tested uh, contain the toxins, um, which cause these birth defects, as well as potentially for you to gain weight. Now, they say safe nail liquors liquors, include Essie Starter Wife 596, Zoya, OPI Birthday Babe, and Color Madnick Lucius. Hmm. Those are supposed to be the safe ones. Oh, my God. Just another thing. I'm not going to get a mani-pedi. Well, I'll All tell natural. you. I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, you're one of the only one of the few <laughs> women I know that just, you know, don't do anything. I mean, not even a buff. I think the I think the buff is safe. <laughs> I got you. I mean, I'm just saying, Sarah. Not even a buff. Thank you. Joelle just put up her hand. She's got long nails, no polish. She has some polish on there. No. There's a buff. There's something shining. No polish. There's a buff, Hey, right? look at these dull cuticles. Is there a, is there a buff, <laughs> Joelle? Is yes. there a buff? Yes. Okay, she never wants me to be right. You see how she was silent? Well, you said polish. There's no polish. Get Whatever. on that uh, microphone. Get right on there. There's no polish. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I started getting into this thing where I was painting my toenails, having my toenails painted. Okay. They looked great, okay? It was so much fun in the summertime with my sandals and all of that. But one time, I actually decided, like, when she took the nail polish off, I just gave it a look. You know, because I would get them switched out all the time. Oh, okay. I can't even look. And my toenails were like, they had ridges. They weren't hardly as smooth and, and like clear as they were before. And I just said, wait, wait, wait. You know what? Leave it off. Like, don't do it again. And it, it took it to, it had to completely grow out. Really? It had to completely grow out. I had done it maybe for like six months. And my toenails were like ruined, I thought. Oh, my. But now they're back to clear again. Uh, 
one last story before we get into. We had a great listener email come up, and then we also have to get to news and pop culture with AJ and Joelle. Our intern went out on a date for the first time this week with a black man. Joelle is black. She calls herself an Oreo, though. She feels white inside. Maybe you'll relate to this woman on Maury, Joelle. Martina Big. Martina Big was on Maury Povich's show this week. She's Swedish. But she identifies as a black woman. What do you think? I've seen her. Paul, what do you think? I've seen her. Martina, I want you to take a look at this photo, Martina. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that woman? Nothing. She looks beautiful. Yeah. So What What are those boobs? She's wearing a black girl's rock shirt. I also like to do photos. But on the photos, I can see if you have the curves of Pamela Anderson. What are you thinking, Paul? You think she's real? Uh, she and her husband, she's trying so to live as a black woman. Like Pamela Anderson because you like pretty good damn good job at it. I mean, so as long as she doesn't, that voice gives it away, though. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't matter how you dress up the outside. That voice is changing. The That's sweet all the way. It's also changing. Also, right. this, I can see my regrowing hairs are also curly. She so, uh, this is, is trying to become a black woman. Do you find yeah. that offensive? But uh, hopefully next year I don't need any exceptions because my regrowing hairs are black and it's, curly. And you know, she's being regrowing. Being black her. is not about extensions. It's just not. <laughs> Get her, Maury. Get her. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God! That's like, By the I'm way, offended. your husband Michael I'm is so here. I'm so offended. Michael, oh my God! Nice to see you. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> he looks like he's becoming black too. He's trying to also. Is he's he really? Swedish. Yes. Look at his serious tan. Look. Ooh. Look at that. Oh my oh God! I love Maury. Have you guys been to a Maury Povich taping? You need to put that on your bucket list. It is. Have you? Epic. Yes, absolutely. Of course. I've been oh to twice. Yeah, and a ton of people come from for the free pizza because during intermission they do two, two tapings, and they tape during intermission. So the one time I went in high school, we were all like young and everyone was cute. So they put us in the front row, and the back row heckled us, and they were like, "What the fuck are you putting those white chicks up there for?" What? They, like, oh my goodness! Lost it. They mm. lost it. Mm. It was hysterical, and I didn't realize, but they were people were not happy. But the show producer came over and was like, "Look, guys, you guys come to every single taping. You're, we're not putting." you in the front row again okay and they were like well fine what time is the pizza getting here <laughs> he was like <laughs> he was like it'll be here at noon like it always is it's such an experience though well i'll tell you this is kind of a touchy subject obviously i mean because you know it, which part i even went to a planned parenthood brunch on sunday and it's like your body your rules is one of the things that they say so where does that start and stop does it stop at the outward part so you can't make decisions that relate to your own body when it comes to your skin color now that you can change. Of course, this woman has huge breast implants. You know, black women are wearing platinum blonde lace front wigs that look like white women's hair. Okay. okay. Do you know okay. what I'm saying? Sure. All right. That's a thing. But this woman has on a curly, um, you know, Afro-like, you know. Wig. Wig. Okay. So who's wrong and who's right? Like, do black people just get to do that um, when it comes Can't to like, their just, blondness? Like, or culturally appropriate each other? Or do you... See, I mean... I just don't I'm like not, a double standard. I don't like a double standard. Like, everybody is, like, looking at this one like, oh, my God, you can't be no Rachel Dallas and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, she gets to do what she wants to do with her body. body. Hero Breads. Oh, my gosh. Chef's kiss. 
Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, That's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. (laughs) Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavor. Ah! Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their conception for her and conception for him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's 20. 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, 
or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. You know? Preach. I like that. That's if I started to it. become a black woman, like, I would mean, you would I you think she's anything? crazy. As, she's batshit crazy, this lady. But, you know, that's more just my opinion is she just doesn't look that great doing all that. However, it's her choice. Okay, there you go. It's her choice. Um, all right, quick email. Uh, hey, Sarah and Paul, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much. I absolutely love living, uh, listening to the show. And also, I spend every free minute I can in Bridgeton, Maine. All right, fellow wow, Mainer. Nice. Uh, she says, thank you guys for being inspiring for women and also for pursuing your career and getting through career challenges. If there's one thing I ask you guys to share with the world, how have you learned to become so confident? I love myself and value my qualities, but not to the level that you have have share it so look forward to hearing more on the podcast can't wait for uh the next one to come out um have you ever suffered from like not having enough confidence this is so crazy that, that this email is coming up today okay why are <laughs> before you feeling like i got no i feel fantastic <laughs> Before I came in here today, okay, you know, I gave myself a blowout today okay yeah, i know i don't do that so i have people come over to do my hair what's going on Oh, we're just looking at AJ's hair that has no blowout. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just like it's pulled up. It looks cute, but... She's in gym clothes. You see, yeah. she really respects us. Yeah, right? well, she... It's <laughs> a lot of work and her stuff to come in here. But anyway, so this morning I gave myself a blowout. Um, and I was late because I literally was jumping around in the mirror, like, loving on myself. Well, oh, good. I was having a good old time. Good, you should be. I, right? So, um, but I do remember a time when I was young um, thinking, oh my gosh, I feel cursed. You know, I feel cursed because I got a big old forehead and mm. the kids are going to make fun of me and all that. You know, like that was a curse to me okay. earlier in life when I was a kid. Okay. And I would like run around and they're going to call me a sissy. They're going to talk about my forehead. They're going to do all that. And the things that made me different are now the things that made me unique, which makes me stand out, which in a way makes me successful. Like it's helped yeah. make me successful. It's so true. It's, the things that you're insecure about actually mm-hmm. turn out to be your greatest asset. Yeah. like my weight things. Mm-hmm. Like if I had never overcome my weight issues and like now I post all my, my weight photos all the time because I want other people to own it because I used to be so embarrassed about that. And I was like, how am I ever going to get married or find a guy that loves me? Cause he's going to find out that mm-hmm. I was like overweight mm-hmm. all those years growing up. Wow. I think, don't you find confidence comes from just putting yourself out there. And sure. it was a great lesson for me this weekend. Cause I went on social media and let some of my feelings fly about the take a knee and all that stuff. And you know, people come back and I'll never follow you again. And I'm done listening to you and I love you, but I have to unfollow. And I think confidence comes the more you can put yourself out there mm-hmm. and go no matter what you do. No matter what you say, people are going to love it or hate it. And you just have to keep walking into your confidence. And that means just putting your art out there, whatever it is. Keep letting your voice be heard. Because if you don't, it becomes super easy to go... Maybe people don't want to hear what I have to say. Or maybe I'm not funny. But like, if you keep doing it, you will find... I feel like everybody uses the word tribe now. But you'll Mm -hmm. find that group of people that love you. And 
I think especially for right now with women in this world, there's definitely a push to, a lot of people actually, but for women to shut up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when women need to really put their voices out there the most, yeah. you know? Sure. So um, it comes with practice. Don't you think confidence sure. comes with practice? Yeah. And I think that people can't just love you when your honesty suits them. Do you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, I love you for keep it real. Go, sister. And as soon as you say something that is real to you. Um, and they don't like it, then they say, oh, I'm unfollowing you. Okay, well, that's your prerogative. You know, you get to do that. One thing I I really do not like when people say to me, you know, we're having a conversation. (laughs) You know, and I make a point. They say, well, it's not just that, or, you know, it's not just that. Well, it's that to me. Yeah. It's that to me, okay, because I said it, and so it is. So back up. (laughs) (laughs) Now take that for confidence. All right. Oh, my God. We hope that you love that. We're still looking for a name for the, I don't know, what are we calling them? Polyax, Phrasiax, <laughs> Freepiax. Anyway. Uh, so thank you for writing. You can always write to us, Sarah at HeyFrage.com and Paul Wharton Style at Yahoo.com. All right. We're going to talk to Joelle after we get to news and pop culture with AJ. AJ, can you even share your news or do you want to save it for next week? Is it officially out? It's probably not officially out, right? Yeah, I guess we'll save it for next okay. week. Okay. We'll so save that means you got to tune in next week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we'll tune in next week. What have you got for news and pop culture? Um, oh my gosh, so much going on. Um, I want to announce this huge story, which actually just came out last night, that uh, Saudi Arabia has been the last has been the last um, country to actually not allow women to drive. There's they're super oppressive against women. They can't vote. They can't drive. Uh, and the king has just lifted the, lifted the ban for women. Yes. Right. So, Woo. So this is huge. Uh, this allows allows women to drive. They can get their license. They don't need a permission legal permission. Um, from their legal guardian, and they don't need a legal guardian to be in the car with them when they're driving. I'm flipping that right <laughs> They're flipping it around. Flipping they're sh- around. <laughs> Give me my keys. Right, right, right. Um, a lot of people are tweeting. They're say- the the tweet is hashtag women to drive. Um, Good. There, but there is a few certain little tidbits that people are like not including much, but. Um, they might need permission from their husband to allow them to take driving classes, to allow them to do all these things. They need permission from their legal guardian to do a lot of things, to go outside, to go to the store, to all these different things. So they've left out a couple of details that that still need some ironing out. But for the most part, people say that this is a huge step in the right direction yeah. to get them going. The last time that there was a campaign for women to drive was actually 10 years ago, and it resulted in tons of women getting arrested so I think that this is actually, this is out now legal. So before it was just a campaign. So there was no legal implications. So this is actually like a real thing. And, and this could be huge. Big huge. step for Saudi Arabia. Yeah, women. this is the last country that doesn't allow that. So All right, well, it's really big. You know, over here in the States, you got to, right. driving while black, you got to watch out. So they're <laughs> driving while woman over there. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, woman is the new black over there. Okay. I'm just saying, that's just all I got to say about that. But I I love it. I love it. I do, too. Uh, I think it is the beginning of something amazing. And I know a lot of people are against it over there, and they should be, because once women start having a voice, it's all downhill, guys. You're going to have to share (laughs) it all. And those letters go to Sarah (laughs) at (laughs) HeyFrace.com. I mean that in a good way. I mean, like, I mean, it's all downhill in the sense, oh, you know, right. it's equality. Oh, you know? absolutely. And every, what, you know, and that's the way it should be. Women should be allowed to vote. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just insane to me yes. that that happens over there. So mm-hmm. I know. I know. It's and it will, there'll be a better society for it. So. Fantastic. It's going to be amazing. One woman, well, my last thing with this is one woman who was arrested for driving 
um, in the 10 years ago, she said that Saudi Arabia will never be the same again with this new legal um, allowing women to drive, and the rain begins with a single drop. That's yes. great. Cute. Yeah. I love that. That's what it we is. Love that. I love that. So awesome. hashtag women to drive. My next is totally switching gears. It has nothing to do with rights. This is just a funny, fun story. There is now Spanx for arms. So there's, oh, okay. you know, those full body yeah. spanks, sure. sucks it all in, gets yeah. us tight. I have the chicken wings, you know. We all, too. Yeah, you got to let them let rock. <laughs> Paul, where's your <laughs> I mean, mine are in the, I don't think I have those. I have other stuff. Okay, okay, we all go. Okay, at least he gave us one Fine. thing. We can't, have, have, we can't have chicken wings. Paul gives us, okay, yeah, the, the forehead. But now you own it. <laughs> no, I meant <laughs> you were talking about the forehead before. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Yeah. Well, now there's. That was kind of shady. Please, he's telling me I look like a, a train wreck today, coming in with my bun. Well, you've got the forehead. Yeah, sure, okay. It shows. It shows. I know, right? That's my thing. Oh God. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The shade that's being thrown around in the studio right now, I cannot. Uh, so, Spanx for your arms. They made, it's a crop top. It comes in all different colors. Okay. Blue, pink, you can put it under a shirt, and it just sucks everything in. So, it makes you look like you got really toned arms when mm-hmm. you ain't got it. Spanx just moves fat from right. one area to the next. So, now just I'm going to have it. it so yes. everything feels tight. Yeah. Awesome. It'll take it out of my sausage arms, and then I'll have another big sausage. <laughs> Amazing. Roll. Somewhere else. Yeah. It just morphs it into. <laughs> So yes. they're about $30, 30 to 34 You can wear them with clothes, anything, wear more T-shirts. Um, but, yeah, so just something to. I love the Another idea. item we can wear to fix ourselves. Nice. Um, and then the last story, which is the biggest thing. This is Trump mm. and the NFL. Is it patriotism versus racism? When Trump released that tweet, he called NFL players SOBs. What is your whole take on this? I just want to hear you guys. I know. I know everybody it, has. It's been opinion. big over the weekend. Um, it's huge. I mean, taking you, a knee is that? Is are you showing? Uh, you know, you're going against your the flag against that, or are you showing? Is it is it really patriotic to take a knee because you're standing for your rights, which is what our flag ultimately stands for in the long run, anyways. It here's my opinion. I it, it is a peaceful protest. Right. It does not offend me. I do like that it's peaceful. It right. is not offensive to me. I. It, this is all I will say because people are so heated on this and uh, it's been on my Facebook and people have been all wound up about my opinions or whatever. All I'm going to say is this. We talk about white privilege on this and people hate that word. But all you have to think about is I grew up in rural Maine, right, where there were only white people. It was a nice childhood in Maine, okay? And everybody was patriotic and everyone drove a big fuck off truck with a big American flag and we all loved America and all that stuff. And our experience was one of you didn't really see discrimination. You didn't see racism. Right. You didn't see police brutality because for the most part in Maine, everybody looks alike. Uh-huh. Now it's changing. So my experience is one of, of course, I'll stand for the flag. Right. I haven't, I don't know this country like somebody inner city St. Louis knows this country, you know, right. I've never been harassed. So it's easy, I think, for someone for, like me to go, well, everyone should be standing. But every, everyone has a different opinion. And I also just, I swear, like when things like this happen, people should go to Brene Brown's page and hit subscribe and watch her videos. She's a TED uh, Talk speaker. She's a professor. She's so smart. And she says that one of the big things that's happening right now, so many people who don't know jack shit about a topic, because of social media, everybody feels like they have to weigh in. And I am totally guilty of this. Everything, like I was just going to start tweeting, like in Saudi Arabia, right? I tweeted that story and I thought to myself, I don't know jack shit about Saudi Arabia. I really don't. Like I saw that and I'm like, awesome. That's great for women. Do you think I know anything about the backstory? No. Right. Even the American flag. 
I don't know a lot of stuff. And we're trying to bring more experts on this show to give us more context. But I right. think Bernie's right. Sometimes you need to just not weigh in. Well, I think That's, all you need to know is, are you on the right or the wrong side of history? And for me, just looking back a very short time ago, uh, 45 years after the March on Washington, where my grandfather, Lewis Wharton, my father's father, marched, um, I was in Denver um, on the set on TV One. I was working on a show on TV One called The Live After Party. And we were celebrating the inauguration of the, um, not the inauguration, but actually the um, nomination okay. of Barack Obama. And I just feel that, uh, you know, yes, we have come a long way in, in over the course of Barack Obama's presidency, we came even further. But this country is in such a fragile state because mm. in a matter of months, we went barreling back, you know, years and years and years uh, back um, in terms of how we feel about each other racially. And something needed to kind of shake things up, mm. you know. Football, sports, they, they're they unifiers. They bring people together, you know, black, white, right. it, you know what I mean? Asian, everybody Even loves football. more than music, yeah. Yeah. more than film, you know, where you can kind of say, yeah. is that a black movie? Is that a white movie? Is that a black song or a white song? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, sports, that's a great unifier. And so I respect Colin Kaepernick and all of the men and women who have decided to take a knee. Um, you know, I sit on the floor at the Wizards games and you know of course I'm always late so I never get there in time. <laughs> you don't say. I've never been there for the anthem ever okay ever I always come in after when I know everybody's going to be watching the game and then I walk down the stairs I keep going down further 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 <laughs> further all the way to the floor I kiss everybody I'm fucking blowing kisses and fucking shaking my hair around and I take a seat right on the floor okay um, but <laughs> And it shows. If, and, and it, it shows. shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check it. Check it. But I, this had me thinking, like, at this stage in the game, what would I do? And I believe I would take a knee. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I believe I would. Um, because, you know, whether or not things have happened to me personally, and a few have, not enough for me to, to preach out and say that I'm disenfranchised and that I have the worst life and all of that. Sure. But I do see what's happening with other black men and women um, that can't even just be black, you right. know, on a day-to-day basis. Right walking down the street, driving their car. You know, it is a very scary place to be sometimes. So sometimes it may be directed towards me, not always, not as much as it could be other people. And I don't know if that's just the way I feel about myself. That could be all in my head. Maybe because I feel like I'm pretty special. You know, I feel like other people are too, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't say that I have it the worst because I feel... Not disenfranchised. I feel like I'm Paul Wharton. Empowered. You better get yourself yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better get yourself together. You know, it's so funny. I, did I tell you about this? Not that long ago, I was in my car. Get you better get yourself together. I was talking on the phone in my car, pulled over. Okay. I was um, off of U Street. Okay. And a cop pulls up next to me. Now, I was pulled into a parallel park space, but I was on the phone and I was being very animated because I was having a fun conversation but you know the phone was on you know the car Bluetooth okay so this cop pulls up next to me 
white-ish, Italian-ish, something. I couldn't quite tell what he was. Um, and he rolls down his window. And I'm just, ha, 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 you crazy girl, you crazy girl. <laughs> and I look over, and this cop is, like, motioning for me to roll down the window. And um, I rolled down the window. And I said, uh, yeah. He said, what are you doing? And I said, what are you doing? And he like, <laughs> yeah. I said, what are you doing? You know, like, what am I doing? Mind and mind, you know? So he like, mind and mind. So he pulls over and blocks traffic on both sides. He pulls in front of me and like, kind of like blocks me in and jumps out of the car. Oh, he comes Lord. back. I'm like, I got to go. Let me deal with this. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get him right real quick. I'm going to call you right back. Right back. Okay. So he comes up to the car and he's like, um, driver's license and registration. I said, no. <laughs> I said, no. Why would I do that? I'm in a legally parked space talking on the phone. Why are you asking me what I'm doing? You Ooh. know, and he's like, I'm going to ask you again. Driver's license and registration. I said, sir, sir, check this out. This one I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you this once. My name is Paul Wharton. You spell it W-H-A-R-T-O-N. Please go back to your car, do what you need to do, put it in your phone. I don't care what you have to do. But unless you want this to go really, really wrong for you, I suggest you check this out. What did he do? He walked back to his car and he was in his phone. (laughs) He sat in his car. You know, I was sitting there. I started calling everybody. I was like, call the mayor. <laughs> call <laughs> call the police chief. <laughs> call, Get everybody down here. I'm on U Street. Man's about to kill me. Oh, <laughs> you my know? God. So as, as, you know, I was standing up to him kind of hardcore, but there was another side of me that's like, you know, you a black man. You know, I was thinking like, this fool might go crazy on me. <laughs> so that was like all I was going to give him. You know, after that, I was probably going to be like, just take me to jail. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work this out at the courthouse. <laughs> but anyway, he just, he, he was he in his car. He just drove off. Interesting. He just drove off. That made me think, how many people are there out there that cops, and I'm not against police officers. One of my closest friends is a police officer in D.C. But that cops can do that too, that can't say, you know what? I suggest you Google me unless you want this thing to go wrong. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm coming from. But there's a lot of people that can't necessarily say that. And so that's why I would take a knee. Because it's not just about me and what I'm able to do, hopefully, on, you know, the right time, right circumstance in my town. Well, but, we want to see you take a knee. So what time know. are we going to have to tell you that the NBA game starts? <laughs> Shit. Like, five? It's kind of like this podcast. <laughs> Look, when they want to start at 12 here, they tell me 11. I'm like, I'll be there at 11.42. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, really quickly, because we Miko Grimes, um, who is an NFL wife of Brent Grimes, who plays for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and she's incredibly outspoken. She's been on this podcast about a year ago. She is giving us an electrifying interview about what it's like right now to be in the NFL. She's black. Her husband's black. And um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers the other night all joined arms. Um, But she's going to give a very heated uh, interview to us about what it's like to live in the NFL and her thoughts um, as a player's wife and being right in it. So, Joelle, really quickly, you went out on a date, though, this past weekend with your first black man ever. Yes. Okay, tell us, give us, get real on that microphone and tell us how it went. It was, actually, it was amazing. Really? I, I had, <laughs> Black love, baby. Oh, God. Black love. <laughs> no, it was so much fun. Um, and it's crazy because, you know how sometimes first dates only... <laughs> Some, like, first dates only last, like, not super long, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 
our date started at like 11 something and didn't end until almost like 4. And oh we, my we God. were just called coffee, would you? No, lunch? we went to Paladar, the place that I keep telling you guys about over by downtown Crown and Gaithersburg. And oh, yeah, we yeah, got yeah. bottles with mosas. We were drinking, we were talking. Like, we literally ran out of nothing to talk about. Wow. What? And we are very similar. Now, we this is the dude similar. that loves mud masks and also, yeah. like, works out or whatever. So, did, what did he talk about? Is, was his skin amazing? He had nice skin. Really? He did have nice skin. Are you guys going out on a second date? Um, so, he's actually leaving for Europe on Thursday, so tomorrow, and he was like, if you don't catch up before I leave, like, we're definitely going to catch up again when I get back. So, mm-hmm. we'll see how catch that up. goes. Okay, so oh you my know God. that movie... If she gets married before we do, to this <laughs> oh my God. rich white, like, this rich, not white, white, white. <laughs> rich white. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sarah, why he gotta be white? You're Just calling he it rich. out, Sarah. Just because he rich, you're why he gotta be white? See, you see what I did with your people? He's got to chip away every day. Uh, if they, if they, no, he's gonna be very successful. I will tell you that. I thought you were gonna end up bringing him on the podcast. I warned him. I was like, you might yeah, end up being on the podcast. Come on the podcast. So, I mean, when he gets back, I definitely. He's, wait, he's for it. But wait, okay. I want to ask you something because you said you came by my office yesterday and you told me he's not really a texter. Yes. Now, oh. if somebody is into you now I'm just keeping it real I'm gonna keep it 100 okay if somebody's into you whether they're a texter or not don't they text anyway or what do you really think about that um I wish he was more of a texter mm-hmm I don't mind that he's not a texter because he's the type of person who likes to call, you know, which is fine. Okay. But I also, I'm busy, mm-hmm. so I can't always, like I was telling Andrea earlier, I can't always just sit on the phone with you what, like during the day. So I don't mind. We don't have to talk on a daily basis. Wait, I'm not ha- that type of person. Have you guys talked since Saturday? Yeah, we talked. We didn't talk a lot, but we talked and we caught up and I was like, oh, hey, how have you been since the date? And um, What do you mean you don't text, though? That's weird, don't you think? I mean, he's like a gym person, so he was like, my phone died. I was at the gym. He went to the gym like three times that day. Hmm. Who does that? Three yeah, times he does in a it. day. That's a lot. Oh. Okay, well, now that we're like down. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so, so now what? Alicia, Alicia, I'm, I'm gonna. You know, maybe white guys are best for you. <laughs> oh, no, no, oh, no, no. I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> All right, when he gets back from Europe, we gotta have him on. Okay. I don't know. Maybe the texting isn't a deal breaker. I don't know. I don't think For me, it is. Do you think so? You better show me how much no, you love I me. I think if he's calling, if he's making an effort, if you're not the all always well, we haven't calling. talked on the phone yet. What do you think? So, wait, wait. Okay, like, so he. Texted, okay. And we've only texted. We haven't had a phone conversation. But the texting hasn't been like an everyday basis. So, what's, okay. what's the three day rule? What do they give you for advice? Because, I, I mean, I'm just like. I don't know. I, I would just want to have sex with people now. I want to like. Well, I'd be the one going all the time getting my gonorrhea <laughs> shots. Oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, I don't. I don't play this crap anymore. If I were ever to be single, I'd be like, "Hey, do you want to have sex?" Like I would just. I don't even. Well, care. it's funny because I, mean, I would get down on the first. Yeah. Date. Did you all talk about that sex? We didn't talk about sex. We, I mean, we talked about it. We didn't talk about having sex, mm-hmm. but we did talk about the fact that because he also grew up mainly around white people, he's only really dated white people. <gasps> what? This could be a complete match. You two are like And so Oreos. when I, we were talking, I was like, that's so interesting because like I've, you know, I was expecting him to be like, oh, I've only really dated black girls and blah, blah, blah. And like I was telling you yesterday, I was like, it was shocking that he said, I've only really dated, like he's he's been with black girls, but he's never like, you know, 
Mm. been with black girls. So does that mean he's not attracted to black girls? No, he said he doesn't have like a type. Mm -hmm. Don't we all say that though? But he's, yeah, I know, that's what I said. And so, but, you know, I mean, we're very similar, but he's like, I've only really been with white girls, dated like white girls, and he's like, I'm just focused on my career right now. And I was like, well, me too. Okay. Ooh, all right, we're gonna have to break this to Paul real slow if this like ends up going like... (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen, I hate to be right yeah. about these things, but if they're really into you, they text you. Now, listen, no, I want this to work out, but <laughs> but they do, though. They do. You know, you've met people before. If they're well, really into you, they text you. Yeah. I've he got calls. some guy texting me in a language I don't even understand, and Ooh. I have to go to Google Translator all the time to see what they have, God, they what have an app for that. What a to have. What a they have an app for that. All right. Well, look, uh, NFL wife Miko Grimes is up next. She's got a pretty heated uh, take on the NFL and take a knee. All right, you guys. Next week. Next week. Bye, everybody. Let me tell you oh. something. Today was so much fun. Yes. Woo. So much Love fun. You guys. Bye. 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 Look. <laughs> it shows. Yes. Love. Here, I'm going to shut my own. Hello. Miko. It's Sarah. Hey. How are you? Good. Hey, so I just wanted to um, do a quick interview with you about your thoughts since you guys are living the NFL, um, what your whole take is on the uh, take a knee and how Brent feels and, you know, with your years of experience in the NFL, uh, if you think that the the coaches are actually in solidarity, just kind of your on what you've been hearing. Well, I can't speak for Brent. Brent speaks for himself, and he doesn't speak very often because he doesn't think that his opinion matters. You know, these players know what it really is, and the truth of the matter is they don't have freedom of speech. Mm. It's flat out. You can tell the NFL players do not have freedom of speech. You can see the example of Von Miller losing his endorsement with Ford because he took a knee. What's wrong with taking a knee and and protesting social injustices, racism, inequalities. What's wrong with that? What about that tells you that you can't associate yourself with someone so strong and so brave? You know how much bravery that takes to know that everything can be taken from you if you do this and you still do Yeah. We're, we're trying to tell you that there's a problem. Absolutely. And so, Miko, the argument that has just been so hot since this weekend is that it is not patriotic. So when these players take a knee right. or they uh, they stand arm in arm and they don't, you know, put their hand over their heart or they don't stand up for the anthem, um, it's just such a divisive topic. So tell me what your take is. Do you find it not patriotic? You know what's not patriotic, Sarah? The fact that since 2009, the NFL owners have taken $5.4 million a year to do these patriotic salutes. Mm. It's a backhanded handshake between our defense department and the NFL billionaires where they say, hey, we'll pay you this money if we do this national anthem, we make the players come out, they have to salute the flag, and then we have some, some you know, veterans there that we salute and we'll talk about you know, their bravery and their toughness and these players have to salute them. That's going to increase our enrollment. This is about increasing enrollment. They need more people in the military. And the NFL basically said, if you pay us, then yes, we will go into this game with you. I spoke about this two years ago. Right. And no one's listening to me. 
That's what happened. Now it's a fact. Now Stephen A. Smith has gotten the information. I'm assuming from my podcast, he doesn't need to give me any respect, any love for it. And he said it just this summer. And he said, I had to go do some fact searching, but this is absolutely true. That the NFL owners, there's exact numbers. You can Google them. How much each and every team gets every time they do the salute. Hmm. Okay? That's unpatriotic. You know what else is unpatriotic? That when my friends and family who come home from the military, they have no job, okay? They have to get on welfare, yeah. okay? They have mental issues now because of some of the things that they saw and some of the things they did overseas, and they figure out that they weren't fighting some war of freedom. They're fighting for resources and oil and all these things that our billionaires that run this country are all profiting from. And then they get their limbs blown off and they come home and they find out they have to pay 75% of the cost of the prosthetic. So uh, you're a veteran. You fought for the country, right? Why isn't there something free for them? That's unpatriotic to me. I saw you go after, you know, Jerry Jones took a knee. Um, some of the other NFL players have either decided to stay in the locker or NFL coaches have stayed in the locker room or have been united with players. But you seem to call bullshit on that on your Instagram. Like, you were not buying it that Jerry Jones is really, um, you know, with the players who are speaking out. What? Uh, tell me more about that. So I, I have friends all over this league. I've actually spoken to someone who's on that team, who said there was a meeting, and Jerry Jones told them, if you even think about kneeling during the national anthem, you'll be fired immediately, coaches included. So what do you think changed then? Why do you think he took a knee? He, He took a knee before the anthem started. He called for the camera, for the photo op, to say, here you go, now shut up and keep making me billions. That's exactly what that was because 30 seconds later, he gets up off of his knee and then the anthem plays and everyone gets up. Everyone, if you see these other teams, there are lots of players that locked arms and I think that's pussy, I'm sorry. But there were other players that that felt that's pussy, I'm still gonna take a knee and all those players still supported him. Jerry Jones' players were not allowed to be an individual on that. That was a team effort. You're all doing it whether you like it or not. Mm. So why would I think that he's doing something good? There's nothing good about that. That's called a, a master. He's your slave master. And you have to do what he said. Uh, you've been so outspoken over the years about the NFL and how they truly treat their players. Um, tell me this, because when I saw it, did Brent decide to kneel? I saw most of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seem like they all joined arms. I think Deshaun Jackson kneeled. Um, and there was- They all joined arms. Uh, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans kneeled, and Brent Grimes stayed in the locker room. There it is. And tell me this, do you... I mean, I, I know. have to tell you everything you need to know about Brent Grimes. <laughs> you, I know you always do. Um, well, how does I mean, how does Brent feel about this? Does he feel like Colin Kaepernick, what he started, is something that's going to have positive, effective change, or does Brent feel like it doesn't matter? Brent feels that unless bigger named people actually own up to the fact that what Colin Kaepernick is kneeling for is true, it's going to take too long. We need people that aren't black Hmm. to stand up. 
Mm. We need people that are powerful and not black to stand up. That sends a message. Tom Brady knows for a fact that black people are getting killed way too much by the police. Will he ever say it? Hell no. But he knows it's true. Now, with all your years in the league, a lot of people are saying, because, you know, of course, now everybody on, I, I see it on my Facebook feed, oh, you know, boycott an NFL um, game. There's going to be a nationwide boycott on Veterans Day. Um, and a lot of people feel that these NFL players have, or NFL coaches have come out and they're pretending to have solidarity. And then they're going to ask the players when people do start turning off NFL games, which it seems like it's happening, but I don't know how accurate those numbers are. Um, do you mm-hmm. think that the NFL is going to do that? Do you think that the NFL is, is going to use the players to basically like, okay, fine, we'll rally against Trump, but then once the ratings dip down, they're going to want players to fix this? I think it's only going to go as far as the players let it go. If mm. the players back down, if more of them don't continue to take a stand and make the TV turn off, make these angry racist fans turn the TV off, nothing's going to happen. You have to, listen, this is not supposed to be civil, okay? There's nothing civil about this fucking war, Sarah, nothing at all. We don't intend to not be nice. We don't intend to be soft and to care about your feelings. Fuck your feelings. Okay? It's gone too far. Why is it that the NFL cares so much about breast cancer? They care about autism. They care about all these other things. But why is it that the league is majority black and they don't care about the product? When is there going to be an awareness that black people are being fucking killed day? When's that day? When's that month? Because mm. it's true, that product that's getting killed could be in your league, paying you billions of dollars. Think about like a business deal, you pieces of shit. Miko, for that's all they care about is business. So think about that. I, These kids that are dying could be in your league, making you billions, getting CTE. I know. I know that it's it's crazy how many are, are having that condition. Um, you, I thought you brought up a good point, and you said, you know what. Change happens when white people, when all of us stand up. I'm obviously white. What's something that we can do, my listeners can do, um, that you think can really make a change right now to support? Stay out of conversation. This is one thing you need to know. The first and most important thing is stay the fuck out of conversations that you don't understand and you disagree with. Okay, if you disagree with a long thread of black people venting and and going in on a a conversation, even if you disagree, stay the fuck out of it, okay? Okay. Black people shit, okay? That's the first rule right there. You just got to stay the fuck out of it. Second, ask questions. It's okay to ask a question, but don't ask those stupid-ass questions. You know, because a lot of people really don't understand because they've never experienced this shit. They've never walked into a room and had a whole bunch of old ladies clench their purse. Right. Never. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, don't, you have I, no idea what I that do. feels like. Or as soon as you walk into a grocery store, the security guard looking, making sure to see where you're going. I know. And that's all. I mean, right, so you don't understand what we feel like. Yeah. 
No, no, no. I, I was going to say, no, that's, that's been the biggest lesson for me to personally learn is I think when white people hear this immediately, they think, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any privilege because I, my parents didn't have anything. And it's like, we all have to work hard. It, everybody has to work hard. But right. when you're black in this country, you are not treated the same. And the, what I have for white privilege is I know when I get pulled over by police, I'm never going to be harassed. I'm, you know, police are always going to assist me. Right. Uh, when I'm in a work environment, you know, there's a hierarchy in a work environment with white women, black women. And you see that all the time, how managers right. speak to white women versus black women versus Asian women. And so I think that's where white America is really caught up is it's like, oh, well, I don't have any privilege. And it's like, no, but we have the privilege that God forbid nothing, let's say nothing changes, that nothing changes with Black Lives Matter. For white people, we still go on like not dealing with right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Miko, you I And I just I just feel like people don't have compassion, Sharon. There's no compassion. If I see a twelve year old Asian kid, black kid, white kid, Hispanic kid get shot by a cop driving by, not even stopping to see what's going on, I think that cop is a piece of shit and he deserves to be buried. Okay? People just don't even understand. They say, well, he had a toy gun. How was a cop supposed to know? He's a kid, first of all. You're in a park. Why are you driving by shooting? What are you doing? This is a fucking call of duty. Yeah, we have no, a real... These cops aren't being trained properly. They fear their life over everything. Why are so many people getting shot in their back? What, what, what about you said a police officer is supposed to detain, you know, de-escalate a situation? Why are you escalating it? Why does someone have a knife? Why aren't you trained enough to de-escalate that and get the knife from his hand? Why do you have to shoot him? Why? Yeah, I think we... This makes no sense. And I don't care what color the skin is, it's wrong. Miko, I love having you on the podcast. I love how outspoken you are. You have a weekly podcast called I Heart Miko that people can download everywhere from Spotify, yes. iTunes. You're also on the reality show Baller Wives on VH1. You made little snippet of clear um, clips on Hard Knocks on HBO. You are such a passionate, outspoken woman, and I've gotten to know uh, even the you know behind the scenes Miko, who has such a great heart, and um, you know you care so much about your husband and your son. And, and your social activism. So thank you for being on. I love your opinion. I can't believe that Stephen A. Smith did not give you credit, which is such bullshit, um, because you have been talking about this stuff forever. Um, but keep it up, and I, I really appreciate you being on this podcast today. Thank you so much, Sarah. I love you. I'll see you soon. I love you too. Bye, Miko. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.